Why is it that at the beginning of every season of Lent, we encounter Jesus being tempted? It had to be a significant event because all three of the synoptic evangelists record this event, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So why is it the case that we start this season of Lent by recounting the temptation of Jesus? Well, I think one of the things that we need to, to look at is that Jesus obviously is a phenomenal example to us. And so, first of all, there must be something in the way in which Jesus goes about this responding to temptation that provides a lesson for each one of us to live in a pretty dramatic way as well. You know, the saints, many of the great saints, uh, were of the mind that when we were tempted, when even we encountered things that caused us to suffer, that those could be seen as signs that God loved us. How is that possible? It's hard to imagine that that's the case, but it's not just a saint here or a saint there that makes this observation. And so let's try to unpack, first of all, what it is about what Jesus does when he's tempted that could be a lesson for you and for me. These temptations of Jesus are his temptations. We're going to see them come back one way or another throughout the course of his ministry. The, first tempt the second temptation, rather, about being able to be given all the kingdoms of the world, well, that temptation caused him to depart because he recognized that people were going to carry him off and make him king. And so he withdrew to pray. We can see the temptation that follows Jesus when Peter says, God forbid any such thing should happen to you when he describes his suffering and death. But that's a variation of the first temptation that when it comes to discomfort, Jesus could simply eliminate it in his life, which of course is true. He could have, but he doesn't. And how often do we find ourselves putting God to the test? The first reading recounts in a rather nice way the uh, exodus of the Israelite people to the promised land. Now there's a lot left out in this recounting, not the least of which is every single time they tested the Lord their God, which they did repeatedly. And they did so in a completely irrational way. Every hardship they faced made them long to go back to Egypt where they were slaves. Regardless of how difficult things are, it seems that there would be some benefit in having the type of freedom that allows one to make choices, as opposed to losing that freedom by serving another and doing really impossible work. So what can we learn? Well, first of all, we can learn that each of us has temptations unique to us. We are not all tempted by the same thing. Secondly, we can look at what Jesus does 
In every single instance where he is tempted, Jesus is grounded in the word of God. Every single response by Jesus to the temptation indicates that he fights temptation with a powerful relationship, one that is more powerful than Satan himself. What is it that Jesus does when he is tempted to uh, turn bread, uh, stones into bread? He quotes that we do not live by bread alone. When it is the case that he is tempted to worship Satan, he says that's not the case. We only worship God and we serve God alone. And even when the devil quotes scripture, Jesus responds with a more important context for the scripture that's quoted by the devil. Put another way, in every single instance where Jesus is tempted, he responds with prayer. He responds by drawing on the relationship that he has with God the Father, which provides the strength he needs to resist. And so he gives us a kind of a hint, kind of a tip for avoiding uh, falling to temptation. Namely, that when we find ourselves tempted, the more important realization we should have in our own lives is that this is an opportunity we have to respond to God's grace to live life the way that God wants us to live. That far from being a sign of despair, the fact that we battle temptation should be a sign of hope that we still care enough about the laws of God and living in God's way and uh, worshiping God and loving God, that we still care enough about that, that we are still tempted, because that indicates that we care. There are saints who would say, the time to worry is not that we're tempted. The time to worry is when we're not tempted because it may be a sign that we don't care about living in a particular way that God sets out before us. The readings provide great uh, information and great help to us in terms of what it is that we are able to do. In the first reading, we are reminded that despite all of the difficulties we may face, God is still and always God. That in spite of the times when we think to ourselves, things are going so wrong, where is God? Why is he not here? We can be reminded in the scriptures that God always is with us. God was always with the Israelites in the desert. And it didn't take them long to forget that. Just a few weeks after God has done these miraculous things to, to get them out of Egypt, they grumble because they're afraid that God will leave them to die in the desert. And in the second reading, we're given the confidence and assurance that we are loved by God. Namely, that God has given us everything we need in order to be saved, including the grace to which we respond when we seek to be saved. For here is what St. Paul reminds us to, about in his letter to the Romans. 
The word is near us. The word of God, the word that is living and effective, the word that changes our lives, the Bible that helps us to see the world the way in which it is that God sees the world. That word is near us. And it's in our mouths. It's in our hearts. That's where Paul is preaching from. The word that is in his heart and in his mind and on his lips. And if we believe what it is that we know to be true, then we are saved. If, in fact, we say, I believe you, Lord, I trust in you, I will follow you wherever you go, I will do my best to remember your deep love and grace for me, even when I am tempted to do something I know I should not do, when I remember all of those things, I can be saved. And so I think we start with this gospel at the beginning of every season of Lent because we all know that the challenges we face are giving in to the temptations to sin. That's the hard part. It's very easy, I would argue, for us to sit here in church when we're at Mass and not sin. The problem is we have to go back out there. And out there, we encounter things that tempt us to sin. Some people are not very nice. Sometimes we want something we know we shouldn't have. Sometimes we do things in our life in the end, in the, for the sake of pleasure that we know are not good things. We don't always treat even those we love in the way that we should. Those are the things we know that can tempt us. But when we place ourselves in the presence of the person who is love itself, we can resist those temptations. And that's the message of the season of Lent, that our hearts can be converted, our hearts can be changed if we remember those ways in which we can be in God's presence. Next week we'll learn about the hope, the end result of this kind of trust. But for today, we look at the temptations of Jesus and the way he responded as a, as a source of strength for us. Lastly, some concrete suggestions. How is it that we resist these temptations? First, we stay close to the sacraments. The sacraments give us grace, and it is grace that we always respond to. God always is the first to give us grace. We respond to that grace to live the way that God wants us to live. And so we stay close to the sacraments. We celebrate Mass. We go to the sacrament of confession. We remind ourselves that in every instance, God longs to give us this tremendous grace. We read the Bible. We actually discover the Word of God to see how it is that God views the world, how God shapes the world, how it is that we are to see the world. The more we come to realize how God sees the world, the more it is that we see life the way that God sees life. And so we are more aware of his presence when we see it. Today, even if you are tempted, remember the grace that God has given you and say yes to that grace so that you might live forever.